The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I just got through teaching my, as we say in my office, my big course, which is my comprehensive lactation course. Just got through with that just outside of uh, Newark Airport in Woodbridge, New Jersey. So I got the whole New York, New Jersey crowd and I will admit that I was really, really tired until a few minutes ago, and I seem to have like gotten this extra spurt of air here. I'm really psyched to do this program because what I'm going to be talking about tonight is storage of milk. I have been talking about this for probably, uh, yikes, I don't even remember how long, but decades. And I am reasonably sure that I have read with my own eyeballs every study that has ever been published on anything to do with storing human milk. And I still get questions. Kind of what sparked my realization that I needed to do this show tonight was that I'm still getting questions from nurses and other healthcare professionals who have been in this field for a, a fair amount of time. So it tells me that people are still confused, people are still getting mixed messages, and I'm really eager to kind of set everybody straight. Now, there should be a part of you that says, well, wait a minute, Marie, why isn't this straightforward? If we've got research for this, then what? what's the deal? You know, why are we confused? Why are we getting mixed messages? Well, a couple of things. First... It used to be, when I was a young nurse, the only thing really that we thought about was, how long does it take for the milk to grow bacteria? Well, that's still certainly a question. But now, the question is much bigger. How long does it take before the milk has diminished amounts of vitamins? How long does it take before the milk has diminished amounts of um, uh antioxidants, something like that. What does it do to the fat or does it do anything? How does this work? So I guess what I'm saying then is it's really more than just bacteria. It's really about all of the components of milk. And that brings me to saying it's more than just about safety. It's about quality. And the other thing is why people get kind of confused is that people don't really understand that it makes a difference whether you are talking about storing milk for a full-term healthy baby versus a baby who is perhaps premature 
or a baby who is compromised or in the hospital or in any other way sick? And if so, then pretty much everything I say today is not going to apply. I will give a nod here or there to preterm babies or preterm milk, which, by the way, that could be another whole topic is preterm milk. But really what I'm focusing on today is storing and thawing and using the milk for your full-term healthy baby that is at home. And, you know, with so many mothers nowadays who are going back to work, or they might be doing what I call pump and feed, even if they're not going back to work, I think it's really important that we get a grip on what are we supposed to be doing here? And then the question is, are there studies? The answer is yes, there are studies. However, I think it would be a fair statement to say that all of the studies that we have are on very small samples, and many of the studies are somewhat old. Now, that being said, I am not a fan of the idea that an old study is a bad study. If the study was well done, then the oldness is not as important. But nonetheless, uh, with so little information that is really, really solid, with good research methods and with uh, a good sample size, it's kind of hard to make too many generalizations here. And nonetheless, (laughs) as you can tell, probably I'm going to do that. Okay, so let me start then with where I'm getting my information and a little bit about what the choices are here. Much of what I'm going to say comes from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine's clinical protocol number eight, human milk storage for home use for full-term infants. However, that being said, I am sure that I have read the primary sources that they have uh, uh, given in the bibliography. In fact, some of these things I've read way more than once. So I feel pretty pretty confident that what I'm going to tell you is really good research-based information. All right. So let's take a look at where, like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about room temperature? And if so... What room temperature are we talking about? I suspect that room temperature in Miami would be different than it would be in, for instance, Green Bay, Wisconsin. How about refrigerators? Well, there are full-size refrigerators like I have in my home. And then there are refrigerators like in my office. My office has one of those refrigerators that's big enough to fit under a cabinet. So I would imagine it's about three feet high. What about freezers? Well, there are freezers and then there are freezers. Some freezers are on the top of small refrigerators and they don't necessarily have their own door. Well, that's different from the refrigerator and the freezer in my house where, in fact, it does have a separate door. And then there are deep freezes. And so I think I'm trying to lay out for you here that even just when you talk about the kinds of equipment that you can use to store your milk, not all of these things are exactly alike. So it's important that you get a grip on that as well as room temperature. 
All right, let me try to start with room temperature. The question that I got in my course the other day was, Marie, how long can we keep colostrum, colostrum being that that milky, creamy substance that mothers have in the first two or three days before they get their uh, uh, milk coming in, so to speak. Uh, I, I wish there was a better term for that, but I think you know the difference. The colostrum is that creamy substance that mothers have in the first couple of days, and thereafter, they have a milk that looks much more like most of us would expect milk to look like. So anyway... Uh, When somebody said that to me, my first thought was, I'm not really quite sure. I did, however, look it up today, and I found the primary source for that. There is, from what I can tell, there is only one study that looks at how long we can keep colostrum at room temperature. And that study was by Nguenquo in 1988. It is the only study we have, and therefore, back to... Just because it's old doesn't mean it's bad. But if that's the only study that we have, then that's the one we kind of got to go with. All right? So, colostrum up to 12 hours at room temperature. Okay. So, what about this room temperature thing? Well, that's a little more complicated. There are exactly three studies that look at room temperature. And room temperature could uh, be looked at as either less than 77 degrees Fahrenheit or less than 85 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, excuse me, greater than 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, so 85 Fahrenheit is, I've got it written right in front of me here. I want to make sure that I get it right. Uh, I believe that that is, okay, I don't have it written uh, (laughs) right in front of me. I don't have the Celsius, I'm sorry. Uh, My thought on this is, first of all, most people in the United States who are pumping and saving their milk, most of them are probably in an office and they are probably in an environment where the temperature is less than 77 degrees because guess what? It's probably air-conditioned. Most offices are. So, here's the thing. You can keep milk uh, for about eight hours at room temperature if you are less than 77 degrees. And the 77 degrees comes from Margaret Hamish's study. Oh, been a while since I read that, but I think it's 1996. So if you're less than 77 degrees, you may keep your milk at room temperature for about eight hours. Think about this. Many of you who have a commute... It may well be that you didn't pump when you first got to work. That I mean, most people will just go ahead and breastfeed the baby before they go to work. Okay, so you've probably been there a few hours. So even if you are pumping at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, and if you don't go home until 4.30 in the afternoon, and if you have a very short commute, you're good. 
So really, I guess what I would say to you is we get all hung up about how we have to have a refrigerator. But in truth, the refrigerator is probably not all so important there as we might think. I would like to give just a short nod to what I said here about preterm milk. And right now, I'm quoting from Nwankwo's 1988 study and he says or they say excuse me it was it was three of them uh, at room temperature mature milk from term mothers could be stored for at least six hours without a significant increase in bacterial counts and later by the way Hamish's study was up to uh, uh, up to eight hours term colostrum could be stored for 12 hours without significant bacterial growth Preterm milk, and by that he means milk of a mother whose baby was born preterm during the past four weeks. Preterm milk could be stored for four hours. Our, and I, that's the end of the sentence, but I assumed that to mean at room temperature. Our findings should be of practical value to lactating mothers without access to refrigerators. Okay. So, as you can tell, this isn't quite as simple as it might sound, but the basic message is, yes, you may keep your milk or your colostrum out on the countertop for at least six hours, probably eight hours, if it's colostrum, even longer. When we come back, I will be talking about different refrigerators, freezers, and so forth. I'm Marie Biancuto. Thank you, and uh, don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. 
Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me here on Born to be Breastfed, where we're talking today about temperatures and storage of human milk. Before we move on, I would just like to thank one of our sponsors today, New Angel. I would suggest that you visit them on their website at nu. A-N-G-E-L, that's www.nuangel.com. They also are findable, if there's such a word, findable, at Walmart. So before we were talking a little bit about this, and um, I said that this had come up at my comprehensive lactation uh, program for professionals, I would just also like to make uh, just a reference here to something that is very, very new, which we just released from my office late last week. I was out of town, actually, but I now have an online review program. If you are a professional who is going to uh, take the IBLCE exam and you just feel like you need to brush yourself off, dust yourself out a little bit, and have a review course, I have done all the heavy lifting for you, made it really, really easy. I will be giving in the premium package, They are, there are more than 60 little audio casts, and each little audio cast is 12 minutes long, pretty much just like you're listening to right on the radio right now. And I will be going through all of the topics that will be covered on the IBLCE exam. And I would suggest that if you're interested in that, take a look. It's great. It's great for people that are uh, not wanting to figure it all out themselves. Great for people that are on the go. Visit us at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'll repeat that. It's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Okay. So, like I said, this was how I got going on this this week, was I realized that people really do still need to hear about this. I did not mention this in the first segment, shame on me, but I do need to remind you that women need to wash their hands well with soap and water, or if that's not available, you can use one of those little waterless hand cleanser things. But you really need to do that before you express the milk because unclean hands do transmit viruses and bacteria. 
So even though you don't have to do any special handling of milk, you certainly don't need to wear gloves or anything like that. But the studies do show that human milk contains fewer bacteria at the time of expression when you are uh, using clean hands. So by all means, clean hands, please. And that brings me to another point that I didn't mention, which is what about the containers for human milk? Do they need to be sterilized? Well, probably not, especially if you are doing human milk for uh, term healthy babies at home, which is what we're discussing today. The bottles can simply be washed in hot, soapy water and rinsed or washed in the dishwasher. Now, if soap is not available, then certainly, yes, boiling the water and uh, putting the bottles right into the the water would be what you'd want to do. But in most cases, you really don't need to worry about it. Another question that I get from time to time is, do you have to discard the first few drops of milk when you first are expressing or pumping? And the answer is no. We used to tell people that in the old days, but honestly, uh, research has shown that that really doesn't make any difference. So if you're doing that, stop it. Don't bother. Whoever told you that years ago was correct, but now we know that 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 really doesn't need to be done. And no, you don't need to wash your breasts or nipples or anything. No, just your hands and you're good to go. Okay, so kind of wanted to get that out of the way before we went on. And also, I stumbled a few minutes ago when I was talking with you about Fahrenheit and Celsius. So I'm going to go back and get that clear just in case you're in the Celsius world. 85 degrees Fahrenheit is equivalent to 29 degrees Celsius. 77 degrees Fahrenheit is equivalent to 25 degrees Celsius. All right. So... We've talked about room temperature. I talked about how most of us are probably at less than 77 Fahrenheit, which is 25 Celsius. I also want to mention what in my neighborhood we call blue ice. It's that that block of ice that you can buy like at the grocery store or somewhere. Generally, I've used it on a trip to go on a picnic, anything like that. And you can put this in one of those little, oh, like a styrofoam chest or those other chests that are especially for transporting food. We don't really have good research on this, but I will tell you from having used those insulated bags or insulated chests that when the recommendation is, and this recommendation is from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, they say that you can keep milk human milk, cold, in that uh, chest for about 24 hours if you have your blue ice in it and if you limit the amount of times that you're fiddling around opening up the bag or opening up the chest. I would say that certainly the evidence is weak, but I would also say that I personally have had a lot of foods and fluids that I've dragged around the country, as you know, I travel a lot, and I am astonished at how really well they do with keeping the temperature. So if you're just trying to load up, travel to grandma's or travel to Aunt Helen's, then you should be able to use your blue ice. And Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says up to 24 hours. The idea here is that you are at about 15 degrees Celsius, 
which is approximately equivalent to 50-50 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, now this is where it gets a little bit hairier because we start talking about refrigerators. It's really important that you understand how cold your refrigerator gets, okay? I know, for instance, that I can keep things in my refrigerator without spoiling better at home than I can at work. And that's because at work I have one of those little refrigerators and it just plain doesn't get as cold. All right, so ideally, you are storing milk in the refrigerator at less than 4 degrees Celsius, which is less than, I should say less than or equal to 4 degrees Celsius, which is the same as less than or equal to 39 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, this is a big bone of contention for me, and I'll tell you why. Because for years now, we've had experts, many experts, talk about having milk keep for five to eight days or up to eight days. I am not good with the eight days part based on research, and I will tell you why. That might be okay, but not because of that study. I distinctly remember the study, and I've read all of these. There was only one study that showed that milk could be kept in the refrigerator for up to eight days, and that was the study by Pardue and colleagues in 1994. If you do more than just read the abstract and read the conclusions, what you will see is that, in fact, they put the milk in the refrigerator, closed the door, and did not come back for eight days. I don't think that's a very realistic thing for any of us to do. Certainly, any mother who has a toddler, (laughs) shoot, any mother who has a teenager or a husband or anybody else opening and closing and opening and closing and opening and closing the refrigerator multiple times in a day, I don't think that we can say, oh, sure, eight days, we're good with that. Eight days might be okay, but not because of that study where they closed the door for eight days. So, I do, however, I do believe that pretty much everybody on the planet agrees at least three days, and I think that almost everybody agrees at least five days if, and this is the big if, if you have the refrigerator at less than or equal to 39 degrees Fahrenheit. So one one of the things that I would suggest for you there, make sure that you are having a having the refrigerator cold enough and in many events that means you've got to put uh, a a thermometer in there to really make sure now by the way just FYI in case you are a professional listening to this and you're at the hospital remember I'm only talking about storing milk for well babies at home When I was in the hospital, I certainly know that what I had to go by was what the state health department regulations were. So if you're a professional and you are responsible for what's going on at your hospital, don't say, don't say Marie said, okay, but rather look at what your state regulations say. I would suspect that some states are probably more stringent or more lenient than others, and there's probably some that don't say at all. But in any event, uh, Really, what we're focusing on today is really that time that is at 
uh, at home for the well baby. All right, so to recap then, what I've said in this uh, segment is about using your blue ice with the bag or insulated bag or insulated chest. You should have your blue ice in there as long as it's in the 50 degrees neighborhood, 50 degrees Fahrenheit, it should keep for about 24 hours. And in the refrigerator, less than or equal to 39 degrees, right around five days, this is the optimal for the milk. Thereafter, I'm not saying it's going to be unsafe. I am not saying that it's going to be a problem. I'm just saying that thereafter, things start to break down. Okay, so when we come back, I'll be helping you a little bit to understand how the freezer is even a little bit different. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're talking today about storing milk at home for the healthy term infant. And I've already talked a little bit about some general kinds of things. And then I looked at uh, room temperature, refrigerator, and Uh, those cooler chest thingies, and now I'm going to talk about freezers. Before I do that, I just want to tell you, I really enjoy talking about this stuff. I know a lot about it, and I usually think that I can kind of help people to unravel this. I would like to remind you that if you'd like to call in, here's the number. It is 1-866-472-5792. I will repeat that. It's 1-866-472. 472-5792. I will be happy to take your call. If you're too shy to call, which seems to be most of you, I will be happy to take questions by email. And that email is radio at borntobebreastfed.com. I'll repeat that. It's radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, I won't get the email tonight, certainly, but I would get it during the week, and I will do my best to answer questions on another show. All right. So then, I left off not talking about freezers, so I'm going to talk about freezers now. Remember that in the first segment, I was explaining to you that a freezer is not a freezer is not a freezer. If you've ever been, for me, it's in a hotel, I've got one of those little bitty refrigerators, and then when you open the door, there is a freezer section inside of the refrigerator. That's what I call a freezer section. That is not what I call a freezer, and it's because it does not get as freezing cold in there. There is the freezer that has a separate door, that's probably like what you've got at home. Mine is on the bottom. Uh, my mother's is on the top. You know what I mean. It can be different places. We used to have a side to side. And then there is a deep freeze. And the amount of time that you can keep milk in each of these things is a little bit different. So in the freezer, you want to put the milk, or you want to put the temperature rather, so that it is less than minus 17 Celsius, which is equivalent to zero degrees Fahrenheit. I am fairly confident. I have been saying this now for 30 years or more than 30 years, and the research has never changed on this, so I feel pretty confident to say you absolutely may feel okay about keeping your milk in the freezer at least six months. Is it good beyond that? Well, we don't have good studies on that. Would I throw it out? No, I wouldn't. Why so? Well, because this brings on the whole discussion about safety versus quality. As long as the milk is really frozen, you really don't have to worry too much about the bacteria or the viruses. 
what you need to worry about is that some of the components kind of break down, okay? So in a simple way, I guess it would be easiest to say this. When human milk is exposed to extreme temperatures, extreme cold or extreme heat, either one, the components start to break down. So this is why I am telling you at six months, the milk is still safe, but it's really not, it doesn't have as good of a quality as it would have had when it was first expressed. Okay, so what happens to it? Well, I think there is now fairly good evidence that vitamin C levels in the milk begin to break down after about three months. We just don't have any studies past 12 months, so we kind of don't know. I do, however, think that most people seem to agree that if you're intending on keeping the milk for more than six months, you should be putting it in a deep freezer. And generally, I have seen the deep freeze described as minus 20 uh, Celsius, I believe. Yes, minus 20 Celsius. I had to think on that one just a minute. Yes. So uh, it's, it's really important that you realize that it doesn't, quote, go bad. And it's just like I remember one time finding a piece of meat that was in the back of my freezer, and I called the whatever it is, FDA hotline or whatever it is for meat, and she said, no, it may be kind of dry and it may be kind of tasteless, but really, if something is frozen, safety is not really the issue that you're concerned for here. So I would say the same thing. Alrighty, so the... um, The issue here is really about things like, for instance, it will lose antioxidants. Now, if I were talking about grown-up food, you know that when we're talking about antioxidants, we're talking about things like pomegranates, those kinds of things. Well, human milk also contains antioxidants, and they kind of break down. Um, The antibacterial activity in thawed milk, however, does vary depending on the technique of the milk thawing the duration of the thaw, the amount of bacteria that was in the milk at the time of the expression. So at this time, according to the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, we really don't have any recommendations uh, that can be made on the refreezing of thawed milk. The other thing that I want to bring up to you here is that sometimes people will say, well, does it matter where I store it? Well, yes, Ideally, you should be storing it in the back of your freezer, as far back as you possibly can, because that's the place where it's going to be, the the temperature is going to be the most stable, whereas if you have it, for example, on the door or in the very front, every time that that freezer door opens, you're letting the warmth in there. So yes, towards the back is best. Here's another thing. People say to me, oh, you know, look, at I was really worried about this. I don't know if it's okay. How am I going to tell? No, I don't. I wish I had a thermometer, but no, I don't. How do I know if my freezer is cold enough? All right. The answer to that is check your ice cream. Most people have ice cream in their freezer. If your ice cream is hard, and by that I mean hard enough so that when you scoop it, you kind of have to work to scoop it. 
then the milk is at a temperature that is probably right about where it needs to be. So I've, I've had that question as well. Another question that I've had sometimes is along the lines of, oh, the power went out and I don't know if it was really frozen and I don't want to throw away all of my milk, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, don't sweat that too hard if, if, there, if the milk still has what I would call ice crystals. I don't know, that's probably not the real term for it, but you know what I mean. If you can still see those icy crystals that are in the milk, then consider it still to be frozen and just really get your power back on. There's there's no need for you to throw away that milk. Okay, so remember now that what I'm talking about here is your freezer or your deep freezer, not one of those little freezer sections that is uh, within the refrigerator. Okay, trying to think now, do I want to go to, oh, so I don't know if I told you this or not. People often ask about the whole idea of it being safe or it being quality. First of all, remember that the quality of human milk is always superior to the quality of formula in terms of the fact that it has those antibacterial effects, the antioxidant effects, et cetera, et cetera, those bioactive protective mechanisms are in human milk. They are not in formula, okay? And yes, the milk might have lost, for instance, some vitamin C, as I said earlier, but that doesn't mean that it's not good, okay? So, I think really what we have to get to then is all of this as related to what is the definition of quality milk? And the answer is as close to the, 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 freshly, the freshly gotten milk, as my husband would say, straight from the tap, as possible. But then there's the other piece, which is whether or not the milk is safe or unsafe. Here is a piece from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, and they say, this is from their protocol, there is no agreed-upon definition of unsafe milk. Several studies describe the degree of milk contamination over a period of time under certain temperature or storage conditions, typically described by the number of colony-forming units per milliliter. There is no accepted limit at which point milk should not be consumed, although one by 10 to the fourth colony forming units per mill has been suggested. Other studies have investigated the bacterial capacity of stored human milk, which would reflect its immunological effectiveness for the baby and the risk of milk becoming contaminated over time during storage. The percentage loss of bacterial activity that would render human milk unfit has not been defined. A definition for adequate milk quality should be established with guidelines on what would constitute unsafe milk or lower quality milk necessitating supplementation, unquote. All righty, that's all I have for now. 
when we come back, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about just some real odds and ends of questions that I've gotten over the years, and I just kind of keep in my stash of uh, questions to be answered. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me today on Born to be Breastfed on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. We've been talking about storing human milk. Before I go on to some of what I would call sort of my miscellaneous questions that I get from people from time to time, I'd just like to wrap up the recommendations from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. And I will read these to you in Fahrenheit because it's probably easier for you to listen that way. 
And you can do the conversion on Celsius if you're, if you're a Celsius person. Okay. They are saying room temperature, 16, oh, shucks, I just said I was going to do Fahrenheit. Um, room temperature, 60 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. They are saying three to four hours is optimal. Six to eight hours is acceptable under very clean conditions. In the refrigerator, less than or equal to 39 degrees Fahrenheit, 72 hours, that is three days, is optimal. They're saying five to eight days under very clean conditions. And I made a comment earlier in the show where I said, I go for the five days. I don't agree with them about the eight days. And then in the freezer, zero degrees Fahrenheit, six months is optimal, 12 months is acceptable, and honestly, we don't have any data beyond that. Okay, so then, what I'd really like to get at here is what uh, what are these other like sort of little miscellaneous questions that I've had over the years that people have asked? And so, I'm going to try to take those on. For example, is it okay for the baby to have milk at room temperature? And the answer, or even cool. And the answer is, yes, actually he may. I do want to warn you, though, that that means that the baby is going to burn calories to to warm it up for himself. If you sit and you drink a glass of ice water yourself, it can't stay icy in your own body, right? You cool it. Excuse me, you warm it in your mouth and throughout your GI system. So you're burning some calories to do that. So certainly if you have a baby that is compromised, I would say that's not a good idea. If, on the other hand, you have an older infant or a baby who doesn't, you know, care much, is it okay? Sure. Other kids won't take it that way. So it's up to you. A word about microwaving. No, you should not be warming the baby's milk in the microwave. Partly because it can have hot spots. We certainly know that. But also that microwaving can significantly decrease the anti-infective quality of the human milk. And that does reduce its overall goodness for the baby. Uh, don't, don't do the microwave, okay? Uh, what about, do you, once the baby has begun, to, let's say that you give the baby the milk. And so he's taken some of it, but he didn't take all of it. You gave it in some way where he's actually got his mouth somehow in contact with the milk. Is it okay? Should you put it back in the refrigerator? Can you put it back in the freezer? Can you have the baby later? Can you leave it out on the counter? And if so, for how long? Those are a lot of unanswered questions. Let me read to you what the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says about that. They say, I quote, The duration of time the milk can be kept at room temperature once the baby has partially fed from the cup or bottle would theoretically depend on the initial bacterial load in the milk, how long the milk has been thawed, and the ambient temperature. There have been no studies done to provide recommendations in this regard. Based on related evidence thus far, 
it seems reasonable to discard the remaining milk within one to two hours after the baby is finished eating. Unquote. Here's another question that I get very often. Do we need to have gloves on in order to handle the mother's milk? No. No. Uh, Not unless you're going to do prolonged handling. If you work in a milk bank or something like that, then I would say yes. But no. If you are at home or even if you are in the hospital, the, um, the OSHA some years ago came out and said that the ticket was not unless you're doing prolonged handling of milk. Okay, give me a moment. I need to shuffle these papers because, trust me, I have more questions here. Uh, Oh, here's another one. Is it okay to freeze the bottle with the nipple on top? No, it is not okay because that is a possibility for the uh, bacteria kind of jumping in there. So, no. Is it okay to put the cooled milk on top of milk that's already been in the freezer? Uh, Probably. The milk certainly does need to be cool before you dump it onto the frozen one. And I wouldn't do this too often. But yeah, I guess if you need to, we don't have any real solid evidence that says that any horrible thing happens, but it certainly does need to be cool. Don't put the warm milk on top of the frozen block of milk because then essentially what you're doing is you're creating a medium for bacteria, which you don't want to do. So that's the thing with uh, the layering Uh, Another one that I get is, what about, why does it look so funny? Why the the cream looks funny when it's frozen? Well, I don't know. It it just, if you put any kind of fat, if you've ever put, for example, olive oil in the freezer, you know that it looks funny. So if your milk does kind of have that separation, I would say just bring it to room temperature, and swirl it a little bit. Try not to shake it, okay, because you've got live cells in there, but swirl it a little bit, and it should be fine. I only touched on the idea of thawing, but I do want to make the comment, just in case you're curious, it's really ideal to thaw the milk, the frozen milk, in the refrigerator overnight. That being said, I have lived long enough to know that most people don't plan ahead. So, yeah, you can certainly uh, run it under some lukewarm water, Just make sure that the water doesn't get into the milk. Okay, then. I want to tell you, I do not have any idea where the time goes. It always seems to me like there's so much to say, and this hour just flies right by. But that's all the time that we have today. I would like to thank New Angel, who has helped to sponsor this show. And I would like to invite all of you back next week. I will be giving a live show next week because I will actually be either in the greater Washington, D.C. area where I live and work or possibly in upstate New York to visit my family, one or the other. In the meanwhile, please, if you're a parent, please visit my website at Born to be Breastfed. And if you are a professional, please visit my professional website. That's www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. Remember I told you about that special that we're running for the next couple of days. Uh, the online review program will be still be offered throughout the spring, but uh, 
the price is the best if you pick it up by the end of May. Uh, excuse me, by the end of March. By the end of March. And if you're interested in professional continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, I might be in your city. I'm Marie Biancuzzo, and I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.